Hey, Tim, how you doing today? Doing great, John. Hey, um, I'm sure you'll remember this. You were the very first uh, this week in AML when you and I chatted way back when we first started doing these. So we thought it would be particularly important to grab you for a couple of minutes today because as the the sanctions expert throughout your career that you are, I know that uh, you've been paying a lot of attention to what's been going on in the past week, just in, in general, obviously, we're all concerned from a global standpoint of what's going on with the invasion in Ukraine. But from a AML sanctions perspective, um, trying to get a sense of what was announced, you, you know, a couple of days ago and just just about two hours ago by the president, we thought uh, if you can give us your initial reaction, knowing full well, by the way, that these things will evolve over time. There'll be other changes. So if you're if somebody's calling you and say, hey, Tim, I'm the OFAC guy at Bank X. I just got this uh, this announcement by the Treasury and the president. What's sort of your initial reaction? So, uh, you know, everybody who hasn't seen it yet, but when this gets posted tomorrow, they will. This comes from the Department of Treasury. The, uh, the announcement says that Treasury is announcing what they're calling unprecedented and expansive sanctions against Russia imposing swift and severe economic costs. What are, what, are your, what are the initial highlights from your perspective? Well, first of all, anybody who's in the sanction space right now is, is well aware that the world of sanctions has changed completely. Um, these sanctions are extremely oppressive. They're not simple to comply with. They're an extension of what we did back in uh, 2014 when Putin invaded uh, and took over Crimea and and started the conflict fundamentally in the Donbass region. Um, That being said, you know, if if you're a sanctions officer and you called me and said, Tim, what do I do? Um, My first response would be, boy, I hope you were reading the papers the last couple of weeks and preparing to find out where do you have a nexus to Ukraine or Russia in your bank? And have you identified those high risk points and been prepared to block or reject things that you know were foreseeable were going to come? Um, that being said, you know from a big picture standpoint, this really is huge uh, impact on the whole globe. This will ripple for a long, long time. Um, Russia being number two in gas production and number three in oil production, and all of a sudden the Western world is cutting them off. Um, if you watched Biden's speech today, you know from a standpoint of uh, swift and severe sanctions, the idea of freezing the correspondent and payable through accounts at U.S. institutions is significant, and and what most people don't understand because of the integrity and the stability of the US dollar, over 85 to 90% of all international contracts are written in US dollars and foreign banks don't hold US dollars in their countries. They hold bank accounts in New York to pay those transactions out. Well, if you get blocked out of that system, the correspondent banking system, your funds aren't flowing back and forth. So this is going to have a a very substantial consequence. 
Um, you know, from a standpoint of the impact, I think it's probably, well, it's definitely the tightest knit sanction program between the U.S., the U.K., and the EU. And hey, uh, we, go ahead, John, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna, no, 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 that's important. I wanted to ask you, uh, one of the things, sort of previous criticisms of uh, sanctions has been, you know, you don't always get at the at the targets. And this particular one talks about targeting Russian elites and families close to Putin, people that are in charge of companies. Walk us through that a little bit, not the names as, as much as the value proposition of going after people that are connected to Putin, that could that this could be more uh, hit in his pocket than potentially previous sanctions. Yeah, great point, John. Um, to, to that extent, in 2014, when we did um, basically three executive orders um, that did target some of these oligarchs, the oligarchs being the, the multi-billionaires that owned whole industrial sectors of the former Soviet Union. Um, these are big time players. There's roughly 60 to 70 of them that are in Putin's inner circle. When this happened in 2014 and we put the pinch on, some of those folks lost 25% of their net worth. Uh, these are players that, you know, own flats in London and Singapore and Paris and all over the world. They can buy anything they want and they do. Well, if you can't go to London anymore and you can't go to Paris anymore and you can't buy the stuff you're used to buying then you're stuck in Russia and your dollar value is going down, you're going to get pretty upset. And at some point, this could be the greatest impact is Putin's inner circle saying, all right, guy, you got this ego that you want to go capture countries. I'm sorry, you're cramping my lifestyle here. Right, uh, right, right. You know, yeah. I, I like playing and you kind of cut me out of the world here. That, I think, is where the UK can have the greatest impact. I don't want to point the finger that there's more Russian money in London, but one could argue that case very significantly. Sure. Um, if you do some Google, well, if you do some OFAC searches on the Treasury's website for oligarchs, several of them, you know, own buildings. You know, I, Oleg Deripaska owns a building on Belgrade Square in, in Westminster. Um, right. That's very valuable property. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the UK follows through and really pinches them because I think they've got more of a play. New York, there's some action as well as in, in Florida, but in Miami, oh, yeah. I, Boris yeah. Johnson has has announced the targeting of oligarchs, so we'll have to wait and see the particular. My last question to you, and again, we're going to do much deeper dive on this in the upcoming weeks because you can't, you know, eight to ten minutes is not enough <laughs> given given what you just said. But but there's been some criticism uh, about the fact that these sanctions did not include shutting down SWIFT, and I've read other things that said. Uh, some experts believe that secondary sanctions are actually more impactful than stopping SWIFT. What's your take on that? Obviously, it's been painted, not painted, it's been uh, uh, described by the president and others. We still have that uh, tool in our toolbox and we, we can bring it out. Uh, but some are saying that without, by not doing it now, that's, that's a problem. Um, I don't want you to comment on that as much as just in general, what would shutting down SWIFT, it's pretty difficult and pretty hard to do, right? Well, 
we did it against Iran, um, which is fundamentally which brought Iran to the negotiating table for the JCPOA right. um, and, and it severely crimped their, their flow. It is basically the money transfer communication systems of all international banks. Um, you know, the fact that we've cut them out of New York and, and the U.S. dollar and most of the named sanctioned entities are joint stock companies, which is going to keep uh, their their stocks from being traded on the world markets. Um, that's going to have a significant impact. I think with respect to, you know, what would it, the SWIFT mechanism, I think what's probably going on there is if there are other countries that aren't in NATO, there are other countries that, that aren't aligned on all of this right now and to turn them off in the centralized system has consequences for these other countries. And, you know, before you do that, you want to understand how much can we do right here at home? Um, so I think that's, and, and also to see where do the, flun, the funds flow from and to. These oligarchs know they've got money in Singapore right. and they've got money all over the world. There might be some intelligence going on, I'm sure there is, looking at the SWIFT system and saying, how are these fund flows changing? And, and, and that would be extremely good intel to say, where's, where's the back door on all these sanctions? So like you said at the onset, John, there's so much to unpack here. It's going to be interesting this, over the next few weeks. Yeah, and, and thank you for your quick insight here. And, and as you've said to me before, we jumped on the call. Obviously, we, we could spend uh, an hour or two on this. So I do appreciate you doing this. Let me just say that um, uh, th those of you that hopefully subscribe to This Week in AML, you can find it on uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, probably certain platforms that we are uh, no longer that interested in for reasons that I won't mention now, but you can, it's free, subscribe. It's eight to 10 minutes a week on what we think is important uh, this particular week. Go to the website, the Treasury website. It has all the information. Uh, from today's announcements, stay current as best you can. Obviously, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine. Uh, this is an Absolutely. important time for the world to, to step up and show resolve, and, and hopefully that will continue to happen. So, Tim White, thank you so much. Stay safe. Thanks, John. Appreciate your time. See ya. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.